At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Walkie Talkies is a production of iHeartRadio and the College Athletes Network. Hey, Mo! Game day! It's game time! It's game day! It's game time! Hell yeah! What's up, everybody? This is Walkie Talkies Podcast. Welcome back to episode three here on the College Athletes Network, featured on iHeartRadio with the coolest walk-on in the country. I'm your host, Noah Bono. First and foremost, please make sure you are subscribed to Walkie Talkies Podcast on the iHeartRadio app or whichever app you listen to your podcast on this way that you don't miss any episodes. You can be notified every time we drop, which will be weekly. All right, now let's get into it. Let me first start off by saying this is one of my favorite episodes I've ever done. And it's not just because of the story. The story is great, but it's more so because of the guest. And once you listen to him speak, I think you'll know a little bit more of what I'm talking about. So today's guest name is Shavar Reynolds. Shavar is a New Jersey native and played basketball for Seton Hall for four years from 2017 to 2021 before transferring and doing his postgrad year at Monmouth University down on the Jersey Shore. And let me just say, Shavar's journey is amazing. 
He went from walk-on at Seton Hall his freshman year to the literal starting point guard there by his senior year. I mean, the climb and the progression that he made year in, year out is nothing short of remarkable. So this episode is very chronological from the start of his college journey and how he was able to get his foot in the door at Seton Hall all the way up to his decision to leave Seton Hall and go to Monmouth University. And something to keep in mind is this conversation between Shavar and I was recorded in early November before the 2021-2022 season tipped off. So we'll be looking ahead in the interview when we get to his reasoning for why he decided to go to Monmouth and what he hoped to accomplish in his last season there, really kind of foreshadowing uh, what's to come. So make sure you stay to the end after I wrap up with Shavar and you can hear me tie the end of the story all together now that the season is officially over. Uh, there's really some fascinating irony in the story and just a full circle moment for Shavar uh, with how his career ended. So make sure you stay tuned to the end to hear all of that. Also in this episode, Shavar hits on the politics and college basketball and what it was like playing alongside Seton Hall legend Miles Powell and just how much he helped his game with them battling in practice. Like I said, this episode will always be one of my favorites that I've done. You know, the story and journey itself is amazing, but really it's more about Shavar himself, like I said. After listening to him talk, it becomes a no-brainer as to why he was able to achieve everything he achieved. To see him knock down that walk-on barrier and get that scholarship, it, it was special. So I want you all to hear about it, and um, you know, I, I think it'll hit with you guys the same way it hit with me. Um, so again, make sure you stay tuned to the end so you can hear me kind of wrap up the full circle moment. Um, and yeah, let's get into it. Here's my full conversation with former Seton Hall and Monmouth University basketball player, Shavar Reynolds. So you started off at your prep school after senior year of high school. How did the walk-on opportunity come about for you at Seton Hall after the prep year? So I did my prep year at Covenant, uh, Covenant College Prep with uh, Ian Turnbull. He had a connection with Shaheen Holloway. So uh, I think I was watching. I was watching Seton Hall one day. I was like, I, I can play there. So I told my coach, and then he was uh, he was skeptical at first. He was like, mm, you, you sure you think you can play there? I was like, I'm telling you I can play there. I'll prove it to you. But this is like in the beginning. So as time goes on, uh, we're getting closer to the end of the season. He calls me Wednesday night. He tells me, all right, they're playing. They're playing pickup tomorrow. That's your opportunity tomorrow. I said, bet. It was uh, the next that next day, Thursday, around like 12, I think. Uh, so – how the connection happened was my coach Turnball. He was good friends with Shaheen, and then Shaheen Holloway told us uh, told me to come up from that uh, pickup. Mm -hmm. So I go up there. I go up there about probably like thirty minutes earlier before everybody gets up. So I'm up there shooting around as everybody's coming up. You got Ish coming up, E.G. Uh, Romero Gill was actually on his visit that day. Uh, then Angel, all those guys, they all come up, and then uh, pick teams. I want teams with Angel. Uh, and we start off, we get the tip, first possession, come off a screen, of angel hit a floater. Mm -hmm. All right, good day. Uh, keep playing, keep playing. I think I missed my two next shots, my two next threes. And after that, I, I heat up off from three. I heat up from three, probably hit like three threes. I gained one of them. Then uh, after that, it just kept rolling and just rolling and rolling. Mm -hmm. And you know, at the end of the day, uh, Coach Willer comes up to me and tells me, yeah, you're good. You're, you can come, you're on the team. No tryout, no nothing. And then from there, that's how that was the start of the journey. Did you kind of always have during that prep year Seton Hall in your back pocket? Oh like yeah, that a, was my, that was my goal. Once my coach told me he had the uh, had that connect there, I was I was so. Did you have any other looks after? Yeah, um, I could have. I could have did some mid majors. I could have did. I could have went mid major. I could have had my okay. coach reach out. 
some schools, but I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't think I was mid-major and I wasn't going to settle for it. Yeah. Now I always wondered that because I remember I was my freshman year. So when I saw you were going to Seton Hall, I'm like, I mean, he definitely had to have some sort of low mid-major school that were coming after him, especially you took an extra year after high school. Um, so when you took that, there was no guarantee though of a scholarship going to be waiting for you maybe the following year, the year after, like you took that with just low expectations and trusted that your work would eventually pay off. Oh yeah. It was all betting on myself. There was no, there was no expect, there was no talk of scholarship next year. He's like, Oh no, you're welcome. You're going to walk on. That's it. But like, I guess originally they didn't know, I guess they didn't expect me to have that determination. So I think Mm -hmm. like I might've caught them off guard in the beginning because they was probably like, this kid going hard. What is he trying to like? Trying yeah, to not a tradi- not a traditional walk on. But during the early parts of that freshman year, did you feel like there was actually going to be a good opportunity for you to maybe earn a scholarship, or were there some oh, moments yeah. where it was like this is a little unlikely? Oh no, it's, oh, it's always doubt. You know that it's always doubt. You doubt. Mm-hmm. You it's always going to be that doubt and that lingering what if. But I just trusted in my work. Like that's all you can do because if you don't, you're going to go crazy. You're going to go crazy thinking about that every day. You're going to go crazy trying to appease and try to do the right thing all this time. Like I was just, I was just like, I'm going to focus on the work. I'm going to just be in the gym all day, every day. Mm-hmm. I'm going to grind each day whenever I can. And that's it. I'm going to just, I just depended on my work. I yeah. shot each day. I was getting 500 shots up probably every day, I'm trying to make a hundred at each spot, each like threes. Cause like most of my freshman year, I was catch and shoot. I played a little point guard. But I wasn't mm-hmm. ready for that. I caught high major point guard. Yeah. I, <laughs> I played a little point guard, but most of the time I was my where I was eating that was defensively mm-hmm. and uh shooting. Like I, I was I was I was knock I was knocking a shot down and then right. I'm picking you in full court. So that's that's where I depended on, that's where I ate at. And that's so in terms of that, I was just focusing on that. I was like, just control what you can and then from there, I just wanted to make sure I walked away from the situation saying with no no like damn, I should have went harder. Mm-hmm. Damn, I should have did this, sir. I made sure, like, when I left, there was nothing they could say on my end that I did did not do. I mean, obviously, when you were on the scout team that freshman year, you were playing defense against them, you're playing offense against them. So when they saw, like, oh, he maybe is like a really good on ball defender, oh, he actually can mm-hmm. knock down open threes, dish the guys, like, has a good IQ, probably started to build up for Coach Willard and the rest of the guys. Like, Shavar can kind of, he can kind of play with us. Um, mm-hmm. But did you, when do you feel like, the coaches kind of picked up on that for you during that year. Uh, I think when uh, I think I used to I used to be playing and like I would see like whether we started trying to incorporate you more when the when the coaches pay attention to you as a walk on. That's when you know like okay I might he's he's talking to me more today or like he's putting me in more today or he's he's giving me like he's, he's telling me to do stuff instead of just sitting there. Yeah, it's just like interesting. And then like, I think I had one day one day I think. I had a good day, and uh, he was telling. I think he says he said, "Um, I can't remember exactly what he said." He was like, "Damn, I can't remember fully what he said." But like, it was a, it was one of those like, "Oh, he's saying that about me." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, like, from there, and like, I was seeing like, "Oh, I can play here. Like, I can mm-hmm. do this." And he gave me a little bit of confidence with just with those little like those little compliments, like, yep. "Just keep doing what you're doing," or focus on this and then you would I would try to I'm looking at him like oh so is he giving me a blueprint or Mm -hmm. I'm gonna just follow same thing with your teammates though I feel like you kind of earned their respect pretty quickly during prep maybe if you were there in the summer during that time and then they kind of were like yo Shavar can he can hang with us it's not like he's just some 
dude here happy to be part of the team. Like he can, he's actually coming for some of our spots, you know? Yeah. I don't know if they, I don't know if they knew, like I was coming for these spots, but I definitely do think I earned the respect because I didn't, honestly, I didn't, I didn't come there. I knew I, when I came there, I couldn't be on a friend mentality. I couldn't be on trying to be buddy, buddy with everybody. Like you guys, anybody seen all that year? Like I was very isolated. Like I was <laughs> one thing that's it. I was, yeah. I didn't, I wasn't trying to be your friend because if I was your friend, I would, we would have, I'm trying to take you, I'm trying to take your shit. I'm trying to get you food on your plate. I ain't gonna lie. So mm-hmm. somebody, I don't know who it is, but somebody gonna have to get this food taken. So well, I came with that mindset, like, nah, I'm here for one goal. Yeah. Just friends, there's no nice play. There's nothing like, I, I gotta get this. I have to. So as you embraced that mindset, you still had to kind of understand you're on the bottom of the totem pole and your shit came last, regardless of how you felt. Mm-hmm. So did you know what to expect as a freshman walk-on? Did you kind of understand what the role was going to be like and where you were at on that totem pole that first year? Yeah, 100%. I knew, knew, knew exactly what it was going to be. Knew exactly how I was going to feel. But it's totally different when you feel it, when you actually feel it, when you actually get to that feeling. I knew it was going to be a culture shock. I've been I've been the star player my whole life for the most part. I've been the best of my teams. And now I'm going all the way from top to the and that's the bottom you we all know if you walk on bottom that's the bottom here <laughs> you point point the bottom mm-hmm. it is it's zero respect there you have to earn and take every bit of it and you still get disrespected at that so yep. i knew coming in it was going to be i already knew it was going to be hard that's why i put myself in that mindset like no matter what just stay even just keep mm-hmm. working depending on your work because that's all you can do like i said it'll drive you crazy because it's a whole, it's a totally different change from your whole life. Your whole life you've been catered to. Here, oh no, he's the best, of the best of the, and then now you the bottom. Don't nobody care about you. Ain't nobody worried about you. You talking? Don't worry about you. You don't need to worry about you. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, did you feel like you were getting disrespected there during certain moments just because of the your position on the team? It, it kind of comes just comes with the territory. So was that kind of oh, yeah. happening for you a little bit? Hundred percent. It was a bunch of time. Like, it was probably the whole year. Like, who, who's, who's playing over? Okay, but like you can't. Like I said, you can't get caught. If you get caught up, you'll go crazy because yeah. there's no. You can't. There's no explanation for it. Like, yes, I can show you. I'm killing him. You see it, and we know what's going on. But he's on scholarship. You know what I'm saying he got the politics. So like. Mm-hmm. And then they had to understand the game, and that's how this that's how this go. Like that's just how it go. Like you gotta you gotta buy your time, keep keep swinging the system, keep your head down. My coach used to say, uh, Tony Kings, like bob and weave the system, just keep bobbing and weaving. That's all you really can do because at the end of the day, you wasn't if you've been there, you know you're not beating the system. You're not beating the system. I, I think it's I think it's meant for it not to be beaten, but oh, yeah. you beat it. I mean, you beat it. You ended up. Uh, you're victorious and the the walk-on <laughs> started off wanted to get a scholarship like and it only took you one year which is like i always find it crazy because you're at a big east school seton hall like you don't really see that that often football it's a lot more common where a walk-on works their way up to a scholarship you know look at baker mayfield end up being a number one overall pick like that's stupid yeah. you're never gonna see a basketball walk-on become the number one nba draft pick but you know, you did it one year. You did it at a high major school. I mean, you said you're being disrespected, all that. But what was maybe some of the hardest things you had to go through that year specifically because you were a walk on? Uh, just the just the mental toll. It was that's really the biggest thing. You know, when you're you're working on your hardest and you see it paying off on the court, 
but then there's nothing behind it. You feel me? There's no no reward. Yeah, there's there's no there's no oh here you go for all your hard work. Nah, it's I see you be working hard. All right. Yeah, he work hard. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's the mental toll. I think because you do the same thing every day and you're not seeing the fruits of your labor. And that's the biggest thing. Cause with this, it's a long game. And like I think I I didn't understand it till after because I, I got caught up numerous times. I was coming at that, it'd be them numerous days I would come in, I'd just be, what am I doing? What am I doing? Like I can do whatever I want. I'm still not getting opportunity. So what am I doing? And but then those days, those days when I had to dig the deepest, but I will come in like you would see it all on my face, you could see it all on my energy. I'm like, what am I doing this for at this point? Because I'm doing everything I can, I'm showing y'all everything. I'm giving y'all all I got, and it seemed like it's not enough. So that's when, the, when I had to really realize like this is a long game, and like right now you have to control what you can because if you try to get caught up in everything, you're going to lose your mind. What what were some of the moments that were going on there that were making you come in with that bad energy and that like, you know, I got to dig deeper today. I'm not, I'm not really here today. Like what were some of the, was it sitting out of drills? Was it being told to get the fuck off the court? Like when you were, you know, you thought you were doing just fine. What, what moments kind of helped propel it to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling it today. Oh yeah. Like, uh, the day, like you just said, the days you had to sit out. And then, like, the yelling doesn't matter. He can tell me, get the fuck up the door. That's cool. Yeah. But, like, you got to sit out. Because I'm good. You can say whatever you want to me. You're not going to hurt me. You're not going to stop me. I'm going to do what I do. But when you take the you take the ball away from me, you feel what I'm saying? Essentially, just sitting there all practice. And I know I should not be sitting here all practice. That's when the days used to be like, all right, I don't know what else they want from me. So, I don't, like... And that's what I used to come in with that attitude. I used to, oh, I used to be so mad. I and like, it would be from as soon as I wake up, like, oh, I gotta go deal with this BS. But then you'd be like, I can't think like that. Come on, we gotta have a good. You gotta just, uh, you gotta do what you do. You knew I had to keep telling myself, like, you knew it would be like this. Mm-hmm. So don't, don't try to, don't try to get upset now. You knew what you was walking yourself into, right? And that was my biggest thing. I knew what the situation was, but uh, when you go through it. It's a t- totally different ball game. Whole, totally oh, yeah. different. Because you can't feel it until you're actually like, in it. When you feel that, when you feel like you're doing this shit for no reason, or like you feel like you're putting all this work in with no no fruition to it, mm-hmm. it's it's like it's defeating. You like do I moralizing? Really, yeah, yeah. I'm good. I don't really do. You I really want to do. Sometimes I ask yourself that: Do I really want to do this? Um, bro, I'm still asking myself that shit right now. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, so towards the end of that year, you kind of started building yourself a name in that program, and then you went into Coach Willard's office towards the end of the year, and you said, like, hey, Coach, like, I am i can't afford to pay for school next year. And what kind of transpired after that conversation from his end, your end, and ultimately ended up happening? Uh, we came in. We had our end-of-the-year meetings. Um, came in, talking. He's like, doing, you know, basic, basic conversation. And he was like, uh, I'm – I'm walking to the meeting like, I bet. I'm going to tell him, just get me to a school. I'm good here. You know what I'm saying? you. you I know you're not going to get me. It, it's okay. Mm-hmm. As long as I know I deserved it, I'm good. So I'm going in there ready to be like, okay, so I appreciate you. Could you help me get to another school? But before I even got to that, he was he was chilling. Then he, like, he paused. We was talking. He paused. He looked away. He was like, I'm thinking I'll give you a scholarship. I was like, mm, is, this is very unexpected. I was just sitting there staring like, oh, he, he just, he was just like, 
it was a pause, like a movie pause. Mm-hmm. Think about giving you a scholarship. I'm like, oh, whole mood changed. I told you I was going in there like, I, I'm just about to get to another school and we're good. Right. Like, I'm good. I, I, I learned everything I need to learn here. And then he, when he said that, everything changed. It was you could have you could have heard a pin drop in there. He was like, I don't know yet. I'm gonna think on the weekend, but I think I'm gonna give you a scholarship. And I was just, I was like, oh, okay, okay. And then I left, called my mom and dad, told them, and I was just like, he said he gonna let me know weekend uh, over the over this weekend. But yeah, I didn't really have much to say. It was just like when you when you find out you did it, that's the yeah, biggest. That's mm-hmm. yeah, bro. When you find out you did it, like when you achieve a goal you set, and you like you finally get there. It's probably one of the best feelings ever, especially when it's a goal such as that. Like it's so it's like yeah. the probability really isn't there. Mm-hmm. So when you really you really beat those odds, bro. You really you're just like there's no way all this work paid off because you have all them days where you're like this shit's not paying off, man. Like this <laughs> ain't no way all this. There's no way, and then it happens, and it just it happens that quick. You know how they say life happens like that, mm-hmm. bro. It happens like that. And it just changes. So right. when that happened, I was just in such utter, just just like disbelief. And I think that's what my full confidence, like believing in yourself, is when it took off. Did he ma- actually make you wait a couple of days before, like maybe finalizing, like, yeah. yo, here's your scholarship? Nope, he did. Okay, he did it. Yeah. He kept he you on your toes. Yeah. yeah. Always had me on my toes. <laughs> that that ain't right. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was good, but he had me on my toes. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's no way he if he comes in the office and he says to you, I'm thinking about giving you one, he would not. I know he's not know. fucked up like that to toy with. I don't think any coach would be that crazy. Like, that would yeah, be. Nah, that's what I was younger, though. You see, for me, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm like, oh, nah, he's going to give it to me. But nah, when I was younger. I'm like, oh, nah, I don't know. I don't know. He said he's going to wait to with it. Yeah. I was waiting till I was beasting for Monday. <laughs> Man, I was happy as shit when I heard from the distance because I don't even know if you remember. We grew up playing at St. Dominic's together. You come to Manchester thing like seventh grade. You're always a year older than me. And I remember my parents would always be like, who's a kid with that smooth looking jumper? Like, and we were young. We were smaller. We were like five, four, five, six. Like, and then we played a couple of times in high school. So when I saw like you got the scholarship, I'm like, I'm in the same, I was in the same position. So I'm like, fuck, like I'm happy as hell for him, but like, I got to go get mine, you know? So it was always very motivating for me to see like, okay, it's, it's not impossible. Like I know exactly what he went through for that journey and it's not impossible. So, you know, it was just cool watching that from afar, especially because it. yeah, man, no problem. I, I, it was, it was special, you know, cause like I said, the basketball world, you don't see it that often. So um to see it and to see if you know somebody from the short conference someone from around my way accomplish what i was already in the midst of trying to accomplish like i'm like damn bro this shit is not impossible i know mm-hmm. how how damn hard it is and how often it feels impossible but when you see someone break through the barrier man it's special and and whatever it is so leading up to the scholarship still on your freshman year what kind of work were you putting in specifically your freshman year that you figured you needed to work on to get that scholarship that was going to help you Put, put you in front of other guys on your team? Uh, the shooting, uh, I made sure my shot was at its peak. And when I catch it, when I catch this, when I catch this ball, it's going down 50 to 60%, especially in the corners. I was a corner assassin. And, you know, college basketball, you you see if you can knock corner shots down, yep. that's that's a job. That's a role. So that's why I used to be. I used to knock the corner. I used to get those shots up in the corner every day. To make sure because I used to see I used to when we was playing, I was like, all right, where am I getting my most shots? 
not getting them at the top of the key, not really getting them at the wing or the elbow, elbow extended. Mm-hmm. So I'm more on the 45. I'm on the 45 to the to the corner. Right. So I, I'm getting shots up at this corner. So I'm gonna make sure when I get this pass, each time I get it, it's gonna make sure that when I shoot, they like, ah, don't leave him over. So yeah. it started getting to that point where it was like, I right, don't help off Shamar. I'm gonna, I'm gonna knock this now. <laughs> and I also I had to really uh I had to really focus on my handles because that that college pressure, Dino was that's good need guarantee. He was 22. Mm-hmm. 19. Yeah. He was he'll pressure me. I'm 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 trying to put him on my hip. He he a grown man trying to put on my hip. So that was the biggest thing, getting my handles right and really, really locking in and really learning how to bring the ball up with pressure and learning how to bring the ball up with pressure and also getting the set or come off a screen, right. setting up the screens better. Just really learning the college game. So everything I was learning in practice, I would go practice by myself. Mm-hmm. So when we learned uh like when we was learning, like going off screens, off ball and on ball, I would get a chair. I would come down. I would bring my man even with the screener or, or a little bit below, bring him off. I had to work on that every day because I, when we was playing, it wasn't correlating. So I was like, oh, no, I got to make sure. But, you know, as a walk on, you got to make sure you're damn near perfect. Everything has to be damn near perfect. Yep. You can't make those mistakes that everybody else makes. That's just what it is. Yep. So I wanted to, I, I put myself, I saw in practice, I like practice by myself. I would try to practice perfect, even though I know it's not attainable. I'm going to make sure I'm as perfect as I can be. Because mm-hmm. the more I'm not messing up, the more I'm showing I can do these little things. You know, that's all coaches look for. They look for the little things. If I can yep. do those little things, I'm going to draw that much more attention. Mm-hmm. So let me just keep doing these little things while also making sure I handle my responsibility on the, on the grand aspect. Learning the game of college basketball is hard. There's there's no mm-hmm. other word about it. Like that shit is hard. It's different. It's very complex, especially when you get around good coaches who are really seeing mm-hmm. things differently. So where do you feel like your knowledge of the game was at going into that year? Did you feel like you made a big there was a big learning curve for you? Or was it kind of like small things you picked up on, like, oh, okay, I already knew the foundation of that, but now I know, you know, a little bit more how to ice a ball screen, hedge a ball screen, um, mm-hmm. things like that. And then, you know, all the little intricacies that go into it. Did you feel like you already had a good understanding of it or that freshman year when you saw something, there was a lot of like, oh, it's the first time I ever seen that and then built from there. Yeah. you. Uh, I have I have good at IQ, but I understand basketball, but like the, you know, those ice in the screen, red in the screen, uh, one foot in the paint if you're on backside, mm-hmm. one foot in the paint backside. Um Tag, you know, pick and rolls. I ain't teaching no pick and rolls in high school. Then hell no. <laughs> tagging, tagging, um, <laughs> edging, getting over the ball screen, but making sure that when I get over the ball screen, having my hands up so he can't get the mm-hmm. easy pass, easy throwback pass. Like it was, it was the details. Like I understood the game of basketball, but those college, you know, the college details, yeah. you know, speaking, mm-hmm. stay in the corner, don't right. don't lift up too early, choking uh, the choking the, the post man, yeah. All those yeah, little things. Uh, there's so, the there's probably a that. thousand. Somebody could write a book on yeah, every little a, movement that a college coach wants yeah. from you. And that's another thing. High school basketball, they need to teach better. Like, I didn't, we didn't know a thing. Yeah, I didn't man. know. Yeah, if I go to my prep school, I would have not been prepared whatsoever. He's the one that taught me uh, my uh, pick and roll. That's why I'm so good at pick and roll now. He's the one that taught me okay. to pick and roll. Mm-hmm. And even when then, that's when I was like, I didn't get it. I didn't get what he was saying either. Right. He kept saying, college is going to do this. College is going to do this. But I'm like, when they do this, when we ever, <laughs> sure enough, we did that every day. Damn, this story is juicy. I told you, 
I can't wait for more when we come back. Stay put to hear Shavar talk about what changed for him once he got a scholarship and what the one obvious difference is from being a walk-on or a scholarship player. You won't want to miss it. Also, in the meantime, you can follow me on social media at snowdot3 or follow Walkie Talkies at WTZ Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. All right, stay put. We'll be right back. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. Oracle.com slash strategic. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Walkie Talkies podcast on the College Athletes Network is back with your host, me, Noah Bono. Make sure you're subscribed to the show so you don't miss any episodes. And let's bring back in Shavar. So after getting the scholarship, life changed completely in probably many facets. The most important one was getting your tuition paid for, getting your school, your books, all that housing, everything covered. But aside from that, in terms of relationships with your coaches, your teammates, and then on the basketball court, what else changed for you? 
from a walk-on to a scholarship player. Explain the differences that maybe people don't know. You've lived both sides of the coin. So just talk about what those two sides were like and how it was different. Just in one year, everything was completely different for you in a much more positive manner, I would assume. Yeah, the biggest thing was, you know, now they care. Like, now you care. Now everybody cares. Now everybody's, not even like they didn't care before, but like, you're you're a priority now. So now instead of sitting out drills, what are you doing? Getting the drill. Or now when you're doing the drill, now they're trying to correct you every time. Now they're trying to, I right, no, no, let's get in the gym. Now they tell you to get in the gym. Now they, hey, let's do, let's work with this today. Or let's mm-hmm. do this. But now you just, now you're in the game plan. So that's the biggest change because now you're, now you're a part of it. Now you're really, a you was, you, we all know you're a part of it. Now you're really a part of it. Now yeah. you're, you're, yeah, you're about to get minutes. So what are you going to do? And right, now they're, they're concerned about you. All right, which school look like now? They asked about school. I was, a, I was naturally a good student, but like they might ask about school a couple of times. And, but now it's, you're good. Class is good. All right. Mm-hmm. Now uh, you in the gym, you got in the gym. Okay. Yeah. Doing this, you got right, now. So now you're getting them questions you was never asked before. And now they really worrying. Now you get, yeah, now they just caring, bro. They just, now they, now they thinking about you, mm-hmm. texting you, hey, what you doing? Or what's going on? You good? Need this, need that. Uh, and then, you know, all the other things, scholarships, uh, now free books. Um, they make sure you get to class now. Now they worrying about you getting to class. You know what I'm saying? Little yeah. things. It's, it's everything. I mean, because they now see, okay, well, he's got way more value to us now than he did before. So we're going to invest mm-hmm. the same energy, the same time into him that we do in our other 12 guys versus the guy that isn't that's paying his own way to be here. It's mm-hmm. a little like it makes sense. But in my mind, it's always like shouldn't you care for the dude that's paying there like on his own just as much, you know, cause he's literally putting himself in debt, paying his own way, whatever it is he's doing to be there. Like regardless of if he doesn't have as much value, like you let him be on the team, he or she is still here every day doing what these guys are doing. So I just feel like the equality and I don't mean to use that. I, I use that term lightly, but it really, yeah. it's, it's not the same, but it, in a sense, like it needs to become a priority of like, these dudes are here doing everything that we are doing. Like there's no reason that I check up on him less than I check up on this guy just because he scores 20 a night for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I understand. But like, that's just how this, that's how this life go, you know, how, life is is how it goes. Yeah. But you know, one day we'll, we'll, we seen the sides of the coin. So it's, it's on us to be the, be the changers of it. So uh, one day, hopefully, you know, so you explain some differences, which I think are cool because the day-to-day is a little bit, it's the same, but it's a little bit different because now you're being catered to way more and there's just so much more coming at you. And honestly, your role is more important as a scholarship. That's just what it is. Like you're going to get in the game. There's a guarantee. So your second year, like you didn't waste any time. Like you came in, you went from walk-on to scholarship. And that, that first year on a scholarship, you didn't play a ton. You were getting spotty minutes, but I mean, I literally will never forget this. I, I didn't I wasn't watching a ton of college basketball, but we were at VCU. Uh, I was still at Ryder my second year and I, we were in the hotel, whatever. We had practice that night and we're just watching the St. John's Seton Hall game. St. John's is 11 and 0. It's the first game in the Big East. And we're just like, ah, whatever. Like, you know, I don't even know what was going on in the game, but I was not that interested. I just didn't. I had some maybe I had some homework, but I didn't give a shit. And then I see like, oh, there's like a minute left. Let me pick my head up. And I just see you drill this buzzer beater. And I'm like, no fucking way, bro. Like, no way. And I was going, I, bro, I was, I'm, I kid you not, me and my roommate, JR, we were in that room going nuts. Cause obviously, anytime you see a buzzer beater, it's like, 
holy yeah. shit, that was sick. But I saw you hit it, and I knew the year prior you were doing the walk-on thing. I'm like, this motherfucker really just had a full, full-blown, full-circle moment. Like, how surreal was that feeling? How fulfilling and rewarding was that moment for you? Yeah, that's a that's the one you just people ask me that all the time. Like, it's that's that's what life's about for those feelings. Those uh, those like, damn, like, look at it, look at us now, like. Mm-hmm. Nobody sees all that pain. Nobody's seen the pain. Like nobody's seen those months, months of going through it, talking to my parents, all that grinding in the gyms. Nobody's seeing those hours. And then when the shot dropped, I was just like, oh wow, this life is very interesting. Like this is <laughs> this is crazy. Like I put it, I think that was the moment when I realized anything is possible. Like let I never you we talk about hitting game winners, you know everybody. If I hit a game winner, I never can say that I talked about hitting a game winner at the buzzer in front of thousands of people in a high major game on national TV. I couldn't. I talked about it. Did I believe it? No, right. not whatsoever. So when it happened, bro, you just like, this is a movie. This is a movie. It's no way. It's no yeah. way. It's all this is just and like, bro, I don't, that's that feeling. Is just I can't. People tell me all the time. It's surreal. It's undescribable. I don't, it's so, it felt so, I don't even want to say good because like it was past that. It was a sense of like, it was more inner in terms of, like, mm-hmm. wow. Like, you know, sometimes you got to pat yourself on the back. Like that was, yeah. a, that was like, you did, you did what you had to do. Like give yourself, like give yourself a round of applause. Like, yeah, that was the, that was the biggest thing. I mean, being at home, too, you guys were at Seton Hall, so you got to do it in front of all the fans that kind of knew, like, Mm -hmm. oh, this kid was a walk-on. And then to even have the trust to be in the game at the end, Mm -hmm. and he just – I don't know a big man's name, but he kicked it out to you and just – yeah, and he he just put it up. Like, I'll never forget the image in my head. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, right after, I'm like, yeah, we're going to see this for days. Like, And and the walk-on stuff's going to come out. People are going to know about Shavar. They're going to hear about – like how this kid that just drilled this cold-blooded buzzer beater against an undefeated team, like, we're going to start knowing this name a little bit. Um, yeah. And then that same year, you guys played – I don't want to bring up your, the little – I don't want to bring up the loss, but I have to in the Big East Championship. Um, and, you know, just playing at Madison Square Garden, like, that's what the Big East – where the Big East is. Like, you were in that. You were in the mecca of basketball, mm-hmm. like, that we all dream of. Even when you go to the games and watch, you're just like, this is – this is just different, different being in that environment, but you're in the center of it playing biggest sta- one of the biggest stages in college basketball is a big East tournament championship game. And, um, you know, being there tough loss by two points, but just talk about, you know, being able to really experience all of that, all those kind of things, those four years, but that game in particular, uh, that, uh, that Nova, Nova game, sophomore year. That was a good one. Uh, just, yeah, like you said, just the whole experience of it, uh, the year before I was a walk on, so I was there, but I you feel me, I wasn't there. But mm-hmm. now I'm here, I'm checking in. And then when you check in, it's a whole that's just a whole nother feeling on top of it. You just like, damn, now I'm playing a big East tournament in Madison Square Garden. Like crazy. Life is life is crazy. Like you go from you go from playing at Manchester, you know, <laughs> a couple of people, you know what I'm saying, doing good, feeling like you're the man. You checking in at Mad Square Garden, thousands of people in a in a historic arena. 
in a historic tournament that has years of history. Like, yeah, I mean, it's a blessing, bro. Blessings. What, what do you feel like, you know, being, I would say back in high school, short conference is not a big pond. So you were probably big fish, little pond, probably felt really good every day, you know, WOBM tournament, all those kind of little moments you had. But then you really, you keep climbing the ladder going up, 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 and you hit the buzzer beater. You're playing in the Big East Championship game. You're playing on a national stage almost every game against top-tier teams, high-level talent. Like, mm -hmm. you were no longer big fish in a little pond. You were, in a sense, medium big fish in a big pond. Like, you had you had reached mm -hmm. it. I, you know, I don't – I mean, I guess you can, you're can. you on Seton Hall. You are a big fish. But I just mean in terms of where you were at, where you probably felt personally. Like, was the moment ever – I don't – I know I'm not going to ask that. The moment was never too big for you. I already know that. But was just was just seeing all of that, like, was it ever like, shit, I'm really here? Or, like, I really made this climb, this transition, this progression, you know? Yeah. No, I was, no, I was a little fish in a big, big-ass pond. A, that's a big-ass pond. It's a big-ass pond, yeah. Yeah, I was definitely a little fish. Don't, I ain't even going to lie to myself. I was a little fish. Mm -hmm. you know I was growing the size as the years go on. But I was a little fish, though. But uh, nah, definitely, I agree on terms of it'd be moments like wow, like. But I, me personally, I love those moments because I find out a lot about myself. Mm -hmm. So I, I love when we're on national TV playing against a ranked team. So whether I was a player sophomore year or my senior junior year, I still, I still go out there. I'm, a, I'm a play hard and I'm very confident in myself. I never, I don't care who we are, who's out there. I know for a fact the work I put in, and I know many people would not equal the work I put in. Mm -hmm. point, you can be as publicized you want. You can have all the politics behind your name. And the day I know it comes down to this court, and I know not many people work harder than what I what what I do. Mm -hmm. And especially my my role back then, all I had to do was play defense. And sometimes I had to bring the ball up, and I'm shooting the corner three. You think I can't be the best at that? Come on, right. now. it's not like I got the whole weight of the team. My shot, I got to take the shot. I got to create. No, I had to do three jobs, three things, and I so I'm gonna be a star at that. Mm -hmm. when you got 10 things to be responsible for it's like all right the pressure's on but you had three things that were pretty much in your control same shot every time guard as hard as i can and maybe dribble the ball up and get us into an action doesn't sound too bad i had one of the best players in the country for two years who do you think he was referring to well i'll tell you he was talking about miles powell and before we get to hear how cool it was for shavar to play with miles powell and what that was like we got a quick break but when we come back, Shavar will tell us exactly what it was like playing and competing with Miles Powell and going up against him in practice. Really cool stuff. But yeah, in the meantime, you can follow me on social media at Snowdot3 on Twitter and Instagram. Or you can follow Walkie Talkies podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at WTZ Podcast. All right, folks, we'll be right back. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. 
We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER And Walkie Talkies podcast on the College Athletes Network is back with your host, myself, Noah Bono. Please make sure you are subscribed to the show so you don't miss any episodes. God forbid we would hate to have that happen. All right, and let's get back to it. Shavar, talk about that. Talk about what playing with Miles Bowles was like and just what that did for your game and being around him every day, that that kind of talent. Me and went at it every day. Every single especially his junior year, my sophomore year, every day in practice, every day in practice, we're going at it mm-hmm. every single day. He's the reason why my defense is so what it is now, because guarding him, one of the most difficult things. Oh, yeah. He's the real life bucket. Like He's a bucket. Period. Mm-hmm. Point blank. Nobody says I haven't seen too much. It's been days <laughs> where he, he had me like, oh, nah, uh, can I really defend? Like, I, and I, I'd be up. He had me like, can I really defend? Because I would have a hand and all that. He's still hitting shots. Mm-hmm. It's been, I remember one day specifically, he gave me three in a row. And I was like, oh, nah. And, uh, but it was playing with him, especially his junior year. Junior year, he was the best player in the country. I don't care. Nobody says there was I agree. No, there's no, I think he there's was no debate. Junior top year, there was no debate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no debate about who was the best, even best offensive player, not a problem. He was the best player in college, I, period. The way he impacted the games, the way he changed the game yep. so quick. Mm-hmm. And especially in the last eight minutes, he was the best crunch time player. Bro, had to be. It was every fucking game. You're like, okay, where's Miles? Oh, there he is. Yep, There's the shot. There you go. Yep, you were the go. only person who stole one moment from him. You were the only one. <laughs> Good job, bro. That dude, nah, he would that year, he was it was a different level. He was at a different level. You could see. Even in practice, he used to always say, like, ain't nobody messing with me right now. Like, I ain't gonna lie. The way I how confident I am myself. There's nobody messing with me, right? I used to tell him, like, yeah, I got you. You got to see, like, firsthand from someone of that caliber, like, what it takes to be that mm-hmm. that high level. You know, what goes into it, what his mindset is like every day. And I'm sure mm-hmm. you played two or three years with him, so I'm sure you picked up on that quickly and just took it for yourself and was like, oh, shit, this is how, this is how Miles plays, and this is why he's so good. I'm taking this mm-hmm. into my game right now. There's no time to wait. 
Mm-hmm. 100%. He was just fearless. He was fearless. He had hurt. He was a dog. And he put the work in. I told you that that junior year, Miles was a different. You can even watch the tape now. You be like, oh my gosh. Like he was, mm-hmm. he was doing all this. And to see everything that happened and like still seeing, like seeing him do all that and like seeing him not get drafted still, I was just, or not even be considered. I was just like, what? I, bro, like, I remember bro. making a tweet when that happened because I was tight about it. I I literally used to watch your guys' Seton Hall games. You were on the team. Miles is on the team. One of my old teammates is like best friends with Miles Powell. So I'm like, yo, I'm you know, and I just like the vibe of Seton Hall. Like I'm from Jersey. Yeah, yeah. It was a Jersey school. And I remember making a tweet. I don't know if I should regret this tweet now, but I'm like, why the fuck is Nico Mannion ahead of Miles Powell in the draft? Blah blah. I don't remember exactly what I said, but I was I, I put two tweets in the thread because I'm just like, make it make sense kind of thing. I don't understand how a dude that carried his college basketball team for three, four years to Big East championships and all these big time games and tournament wins. Like, and he shoots like he shoots it like you would want an NBA player to shoot it. Like, regardless if maybe the defense isn't there, there's plenty of dudes in the NBA that don't guard and get plenty of time. So Mm -hmm. I'm just like confused every day. Like, well, what's it going to take for him to get in the league? Like I saw him do this and it's still not good enough for those suits up in the the sweets, like it just yeah. never made sense to me, bro. Yeah, and that's where the part went. You think, like, damn, if he did all this, like, what about the rest of us? That's where he's, <laughs> damn, if he struggled, if they they try to say all this about him, but he's gonna be good. Though. He's gonna show people real soon what he what he got. In us, what he yeah, for in. sure. So you did four years at Seton Hall, and yeah. now you're taking advantage very luckily of your free COVID year. We're in a <laughs> we're in a time of college basketball where. We get a free year from COVID. There's no more transfer rules where you got to sit out. So realistically, like you're getting an untraditional five years to play five years. Like normally it's five years to play four. Obviously, Mm -hmm. your first year walk on didn't really play that much. Regardless, you were still eligible, gotten a couple games. So taking advantage of the COVID year and you're going even closer to home, back to Monmouth University. And after being a starter last year at Seton Hall, like seven points, four assists, really like coming into yourself and your role. What went into that decision to leave Seton Hall and the Big East to go down to a lower level in the Metro Atlantic Conference, athletic conference and kind of play lower? Oh, uh, just it was time. Uh, my clock there. I think I did everything I had to do in Seton Hall personally. Obviously, I didn't get the accolades, but my me going there wasn't for the accolades. Me, it was more of a personal journey in terms mm-hmm. of seeing where I was at, in terms of who I am and what am I made of, and what I really want to do with this. So, I think Seton Hall was a grateful opportunity, a blessed opportunity. I'll forever be grateful for it, but. I think that was just a stepping stone of what I, I would say stepping stone and beginning of my real journey in life. Seeing Hall, without this experience, I wouldn't be the person I am. I wouldn't have the mindset I have now and the, all the things I think about and want to do now without seeing Hall. Mm-hmm. So I think though we want all the accolades and the accomplishments and the first team and the best player, defensive player of the year, like what I've learned about myself and just about life from there is I think that was the real purpose of it. So I think I learned everything I need to learn. There. So I think it was time to really go on and see what I can do now. See what see what another set of challenges could do for me. So I'm saying that wasn't a general that wasn't just the only reason, but I think that was one of the biggest ones. It was just that time to spread your wings and let's go somewhere else. Let's try. Let's see what else, what else is out there. Is it everything just like this or is it different? So I think it was time for change. Was Mammoth always on the radar? Was it always like? Oh, yeah, 100%. 
I mean, I know where we're from. Obviously, it's ideal to want to play there. But what about Rutgers, Princeton? There's other D1. If you were trying to stay in Jersey, I don't know if that's what your main focus was, was staying. Yeah, I in- wanted to stay closer to the East Coast. But mm-hmm. uh, but Rutgers, Rutgers wasn't. Oh, they probably wouldn't agree. That's just political politics. It's Big Ten. It would have been all politics. I got time for that. But uh, I would say Monmouth was on my radar way before. Like, my prep school – Seen Hall didn't work out. I was going to tell my coach, like, hey, I'll call Mama. Let's see if we can get him. I, mm-hmm. I go in and work out with him. I'll show him what's going on, and we'll, we'll go. But uh, I think uh, I told King about that, too, actually, now. I was like, you ain't recruiting when I came out late. And I seen what was on your team. I, I couldn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that. But uh, Mama was always my radar because I knew King. He was always, when I used to go there and play pickup, he was always a good guy. Like, I was just like. I like him. And then I used to watch him a little bit. I'm like, oh, no, nah, I can play. He let he let him play. He let him play free. Mm-hmm. He lets him play within themselves. Yeah. He, he, gives, he gives a lot of freedom. And I used to see that even off, like, just watching film and watching him play. Like, he gives a lot of freedom. I'm like, oh, I like that. And he looks like he was a genuine dude. And, like, yeah. you, know, you don't meet many genuine people like that. So my mom was always on my radar. Even after my uh, freshman year, for my uh, my walkman year, I was like, you can, I was going to tell him, like, you can talk to mom. Like, you can get me there. Mm-hmm. I'm good. King Ray's always been players coach. Everybody that talks about him is like, yeah, I play for him. Like great guy. He just understands the, I mean, we got, I got to play against him four different times. He coached against us. So just seeing his vibe, his energy, the way he relates to the players. He he was joking around with dudes on my team that he had recruited Mm -hmm. in the past, like just shooting the shit, being funny. And I'm like, yeah, he, he's cool people. That's just who he is, bro. He just a good, he just a good. Before I ask you the next question though, um, about Monmouth, you you brought up the politics a couple times, and since we're on that sort of topic, just tell me what you think about the politics, how you feel about them, what you think the political part of this game, especially in college basketball, really is. Shine some light, baby. <laughs> Where to start? Uh, this world's about this world's about who you know. You can you can work hard, you can work as hard as you can, but you got to know somebody because a lot of a lot of people are given. Nowadays, everybody's given. It's not earned. Not many people earn it anymore, but that's what the people that earn it. That's why it's such a big separation. And you can see it. You can see people that given it was given to because it always never works out fully. But the people where they earned it, it, it always works out. Fred Van Fleet, he he had to earn it. But now you can't question that Fred Van Fleet cannot play the game of basketball. Right. But he had to earn that. Like you said, Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield before he went through trial and tribulation, got to where he got to. It was earned. Everything he got was earned. It was nothing given. Nothing mm-hmm. he got was given to him. So I think that was the nowadays everybody's giving it. I know him. Boom. So let's go. Here you go here. I got to connect there. I oh, y'all go here. Oh, okay. I know him. Yeah. yeah. Let's go mm-hmm. there. Then. It's all everything's given, bro. Everything's who a lot you, of handouts. You know. Yeah, that's it. But I I would say to the people, whoever's watching, don't worry about politics. Like end of the day, if you are like that. And you put that work in, somebody's gonna notice. Because they'll find you. Other real people. It's a small price. It's a small ratio of real, mm-hmm. but there's real out there, and the real will will see you eventually. You just have to keep going because it's it's a harder route for the thorough ones. Because you have to for for you to be thorough, you have to go through things to make sure that you are thorough. Because only thorough dudes know the struggle of really being up there and being great. Feel me? Mm, I, I got so a couple like people that, listening that are gonna love that. Yeah, that struggle. Don't don't worry about the struggle, the politics, and all that. If you really put in that work, you'll see it because you're going to see them same dudes in the gym, and you're going to play them, and you're going to be like, oh, you just know people. 
I, I, really, <laughs> I really do this. You just know people. Wait till yeah. I get your resources. Mm-hmm. Like, wait till I get your resources. And that's all it's been for me. Like, for me, that was my whole college career. Like, you know, we don't have, I didn't have the politics. Like, people knew me, but like, oh, Jamar, there's no. Till you, right. we get in person, I'm seeing these dudes and I'm like, oh, you really can't hoop. Oh, okay. They said you was top in the country. Oh, and you, okay. Oh, I'm good. I'm right where I need to be. I just need resources. Mm-hmm. Just give me all resources. We're, oh, we're in a whole different ball game. So that yeah, really bro. is. So for anybody watching, the politics is going to, don't get me wrong, it's going to get on your nerves and it's going to bother you. But the real, no, the real see the real. So just stick, stay true to you and stay true to the grind. And they play the, the real, play the political game way better, way more mm-hmm. fair. And they keep it more, keep it more even with everybody. It's not about, you know what I mean? So I love that. I can't wait to put that one out. It's just true, bro. It's, it's true. And, and, and there's, there's no arguing that there's no rationale for that. So when you decided to go to Mammoth, like I said, it's a lower level school. I don't know how, I mean, obviously you go from a power five, power six conference down to, you know, mid-major. It's not that it's a big deal, but it's like the spotlight won't be on you as much. You will be playing against. I mean, now you're a little bit older than everybody too. So you're definitely going to have an advantage, especially experience wise, leadership wise. Mm-hmm. Is, th- is that something that played into it? Or are you kind of just, it doesn't matter. Cause I'm trying to figure out that decision based on your goals. Like you took that route, Big East school, and then you go down to this level when you probably could have stayed relatively at a higher level mm-hmm. and really tried to, you know, expose maybe some higher level talent your last year, because that's what people, that's what scouts want to see, you know, is like, well, who's he doing it against? He's putting up these numbers, but what kind of competition is he playing against? So where's your head at with that in the sense that like, you're going to play your game wherever you are, but now that you're going to be playing your game against, you know, what some would consider a little bit less talented conference and players and teams. What do you think about that? Uh, I just wanted a place where I could, I could be me because people haven't seen the real me yet. I would uh, I would say because people have no idea what I can really do. They've seen the defensive side. They've seen – but people haven't seen my totality of my game. So I wanted – my biggest decision was to make sure I was in the right system, right culture, right coaching staff for me to be the best version of myself. So I thought when I talked to King, it was just clicking. It was clicking. Like, okay, I like this dude. I watched the film. Seeing the way they play, they get out and go. They hoop. He lets you, he lets you play. If you can play, he lets you play. Right. So I think that was the biggest thing going into it. I wanted to show, wanted to get to a spot where I could beat your far. Because you don't have to worry about me not putting in work. You don't have to worry about me goofing off or BS and no. I we all know my goal. You know, we all know where I'm trying to get. We all know what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to win, win, win games and win championships to get to where we have to get to. So ultimately, Grant, we were all trying to get to the big stage. Mm-hmm. So I want to be able to present what Shavar can really do. Because people right now, people think I'm I'm a good player. And there's nothing wrong with that. I know myself. I ain't going to say too much. But my biggest thing is I wanted to be able to show people who Shavar is. I I know for a fact people think they, they know what type of player I am. And you have mm-hmm. no idea. Let me cut you off because I, I'll just say it for you. Like I see a at least a 15 points per game, seven, eight assists, two, three steals kind of guy in you, especially at this level, like you're too hard to get by. You're strong guard. You got, you can get off the ground. You're athletic. You can shoot it. You got the pull-up game. I'm sure your finishing has gotten better, but I just know from your progression, that growth that I've seen over, especially, you know, if you're averaging seven points, four assists at a big East school, and you don't even really have probably a full green light, 
to kind of play mm-hmm. your game, play how you would want to play, and you transition into a system where that's now going to be the case. Yeah, I think people are going to be very surprised. <laughs> uh, I'm going to just say that for everybody because I, I, I just see it. You know, when you listen to someone talk, you hear their persona, their confidence, and just what what's driving them. What's that driving force? It hits a little bit different. So I, I could see that Mammoth's going to be <laughs> – I knew like wherever you went, Mammoth was going to be – or the school was going to be in good hands. But Mammoth is, definitely seems like the right fit because like the thing about leaving somewhere and going somewhere else is you want to step out of your comfort zone a little bit so that you yeah. can still continue to grow. So you are, but at the same time, there's still some comfortability there because yeah, you know people, comfort. you're closer to home, you know King Rice, like you're in an environment where it's like, okay, it's new, but it's not new to the point where, you know, I'm in Omaha, Nebraska, fucking by myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you got some familiarity yeah, there. And that was the biggest thing as well. It's just, it felt like the best fit because like you said, you always need, you always need to have discomfort because you need room to grow. So with this, this came a new role. So for like my new role, I'm figuring that out right now. But also, you don't want to be stuck, like you just said, in Nebraska by yourself, trying to figure out this new role while also not being comfortable whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's going to help you grow, but I don't, we got it's one year left. I don't, I don't need, a, I don't need that much discomfort. I still need to be at a level of like I'm good. I need to focus on this, and that's what I'm focusing on right now. So working on getting better, filling, figuring out this role, and trying to help this team win as many games as we can and get to the championships and get to win the championships as we can. For sure. So. Overall, what do you hope to accomplish? And obviously a championship, win the MAC, get to the tournament. But beyond this season for yourself, I would assume, but I'm going to ask, you're looking at a pro career. I don't know if you're really going to shoot for the NBA or just maybe kind of go overseas coaching. Like, where's your head at once this last year of eligibility runs out uh, on what you want to do? Oh, yeah. You know, NBA is a dream. NBA is a dream. That's it. But uh, right now, I'm just worried about this right now. Worry about winning. Mm-hmm. Winning. Winning cures all. Trying to help these dudes be the best version of themselves. Also, be here for these guys. Try to teach them some, some things as well. But you know, yeah, nah, we we join for the top. That's all we reach for. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I wasn't expecting any other answer. <laughs> other than that, we're just trying to win, win as many championships as we can, and try to get to this tournament. That's it. But hey, man, day by I, day. I don't really, I don't want to boost your ego too much. But like, real deal, when you're good at two things, like really good at two things, the way you are, which is shooting the ball, like spot up threes and the way you defend, there's not much more that people really need to see. Like, regardless of you, you're under six foot. You're six foot, right? Six two. Yeah. You ain't no six two, bro. Get out of here. But nah, man, like you, like I said, I don't want to boost your ego too much. And I know you're not a big headed person, so it won't. But I just feel like when you have two elements to your game that are really coveted, as an NBA uh, scout and what they're looking for, like you shoot the ball really well and you defend at a high level. Like if you had to compare one person that you would model your game after, who do you, who do you think it would be? Uh, I can't say I model after one player. I take, I take so much from everybody. I watch so many people like uh, who I say, like I'm similar to right now. I, know I, you're gonna I, say, I hope you say who I'm thinking. I, I would say Oh, okay. I was thinking, uh, I was thinking Davion Mitchell from. Uh, I was, I like him too. Baylor, I like him, and, nah, and I the like Kings. Him. I like. I was watching him a lot. I, I saw like a him. lot of similarities when I saw him guarding yeah, nah, George yeah. and stuff. I'm like, I don't know, man. He's got, I don't know how tall he is. He might actually be even shorter than you. But I'm like, this is this is kind of this is Shavar a little bit. <laughs> I like him. I watch him a lot. I actually watch his stuff because I like him, and I do like that comparison. I do like that comparison as well. Drew, I've really grown up. I used to watch Drew. I seen that, like, no, Drew's tough. 
but like he never usually got the recognition. Then I really started watching how he plays, and he's probably one of the few NBA players that picks up full court. Mm-hmm. And he has he has such a high IQ as well because there's been games he'll be missing, but like you can see when he's missing, he amplifies his defense intensity that much more. And he's still and impacting uh, Pat, like distributing the ball, his rebounding uh-huh. and pushing the floor, his hit aheads. Like he's still, even if he's three of seventeen in Game Seven of the you know Eastern Conference semis, like yeah. that motherfucker still put a, his imprint on that game. So yes, bro, and that's where, and I think that's where I think I can compare. Me and him, because I, I I take everything from everybody. I watch Dame, I watch Steph, I watch Marcus Smart, who I also like as well. Oh Marcus yeah, Smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marcus Smart, uh, Chris Paul. Shoot, I even watch KD. I watch, bro, I watch, I watch anybody you can name. I, I've been watching Chris Middleton, Devin Booker. Uh, yeah, there's so many I, people to learn from. There's so bro, many guys watch, to watch to learn uh, from. I, I, watch, I can't even say that's, but if we want to talk about who I'm probably most similar to is Drew. But Drew's the only thing Drew is Drew's six four. Yeah. But in terms of like if we if I'm talking skill set, I, mean, I think me and him was on poor. Obviously, he's he's been doing it for years. He got. But in terms of that similarities, <laughs> yeah, 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 I think for sure. I think I'm just as intense as him defensively. I think I'm just as witty because he's very witty. He's very smart. He he's he does the little things and he's also aggressive as well. He finds that mm-hmm. balance of being too aggressive and then being not 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 enough. Right. Being not aggressive enough. So I think him, and he also can shoot, shoot that thing. He's a very underrated passer as well, mm-hmm. and he doesn't turn the ball over either. Right, a great point guard. Buck, Buck's got yeah, lucky like getting him. him. So what are what would you say some key takeaways are that you have? Some lessons you've learned from that walk on year that have continued to help you on and off the floor. Uh, the grind, like I said, like that walk on experience changed my life in terms of the person I am, and it taught me what life's about, like. Life's about doing what you love. It's about chasing the thing you really want most and what mean the most to you. Don't don't live this life. Don't settle. I could have settled. I could have. I was supposed to go to Stockton. Like I was supposed to go to Stockton. Hell no. <laughs> yeah, I could have. Bro, I could have went to. I'd have been at Stockton, averaging thirty ten and ten. I told everybody. I was, <laughs> I was, I was Stockton just averaged thirty ten and ten, trying to transfer out, but I would have settled. Even but even in that decision, I was I was so like. Like, bro, I can play there. Like, there's no way I'm about to settle for this. But that was the biggest thing. Like, it taught me just grind. If you want something, anything is possible. Any single thing you want is possible. But it's only possible if you work at it. You have to study what you're doing. And then finding the resources as well. Because if you do those things, you study and you put the work in, the resources come to you. Like, everything oh, yeah. in my life, because I worked hard and I've studied my craft, the resources just came to me. I started seeing things and then people would just magically appear that I need it. And that's also, I'm also, I'm a big believer of God. Like God is going to, you give that full trust and love to him and you be as the best person you possibly can be and do right. He's going to fulfill it. He's going to give you everything you need. Like he gave me literally everything. Even when I thought it could have been something else, he gave me exactly what I needed. And it maybe took me time to notice it, but mm-hmm. he gave me exactly what I needed every time. You start getting more gratitude, more appreciation. As the years go on, you get a little older, a little bit more mature, and it's like, all right, it wasn't exactly what I wanted, but it was still something that I got that mm-hmm. millions and billions of others didn't have the yeah. opportunity to get. And it's just, it's humbling. Um, what would you say being a walk-on, but being a college athlete in general, considering you were you were only a walk-on for one year, you don't really know that life for four or five years, uh, thankfully, but 
just being a college athlete in general, what it taught you about life and about yourself that you didn't know before. Pretty similar to the last one, but just that grind of college basketball and being in these kind of systems and just like the regimen, the routine. And there's so many things that you can pull out of those experiences. So what do you think it's taught you about life, about yourself? Well, one is shows me that I want to do this for the rest of my I want to do this for my life. This is my career because I can wake up and work out and get, we can watch the film. We can do anything. We can strength chain, train. We can, we can do a beach workout. We can do, we can do stairs, whatever. And it taught me that I really love this and this is what I want to do. And I will do, but uh, also it just taught me like the necessities of really having a schedule and having a routine and staying, staying true to your schedule and routine. Cause uh, you school and basketball is a lot. School and sports. I'm going to say basketball sports in general, being a student athlete is a lot. You got a not 8 a.m. class, then you got to go to a workout right after that, then right back to class at 11.15 to 12.30. You have to eat, then you got to go get tape for practice, then you got to go to practice from 2 to 4. And then after that, you might have a late night class at 6 yeah. o'clock. So you have to get another meal in, and then you have to go sit in that late night class. Late night classes are two and a half to three hours, and you have to do that. And then the next day, you got an 8 a.m. lift. So the schedule is crazy. Mm-hmm. And like, it's hard to get in. It's the mental part. Like, I think uh, this the whole thing is the mental. It taught me to be mentally, you got to be mentally tough. You got to be ready for anything. Like you got to be on your shit because if you're not, you're going to lack in the area that you do not need to lack in. So either going to be school or it's going to be on the court. And mm-hmm. on the court, it's paying for the school. So you got to make sure that doesn't lack. Yeah, man, no doubt. That's well said. Um, but yeah, let's wrap it up here, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Javar Reynolds, former walk-on at Seton Hall University, turned scholarship player his second year, now player at Monmouth University in his last year, taking advantage of his COVID year. Major success story. I loved hearing about it. And I'm sure everybody listening will appreciate his journey, his grind, and his perspective. Because if you're a walk-on, you want to get a scholarship, there's a blueprint laid out for you. And Shavar showed what it takes to go and do that. So shout out to Shavar, man. I appreciate you coming on the show, bro. Appreciate you having me, bro. Okay, wait. Do you all remember in my introduction when I was hinting at the fact that Shavar was a great speaker, had a ton of great points, ton of great perspective? Okay, well, I don't want to say I told you so, but I told you so. I mean, geez, like the guy was great. He just had so much swag and confidence and just like this unwavering belief in his abilities. And I don't know. I just love it because it's like that's literally that's what you got to have. That's the mindset that you got to have. Uh, And so being able to listen to that, it just made it, like I said in the intro, make all the sense in the world why he was able to accomplish what he accomplished. So, all right, now let's get into this full circle moment that I mentioned in the introduction. Shavar wrapped up his fifth and last season as third team all-conference selection in his conference, averaging 14 points per game. Now, I know you remember when I said I thought he'd average 15, right? Okay, well, I should have put the prop bet in on FanDuel, clearly, because I would have cashed out big. Um... Shavar also talked about his goals to get the team to the NCAA tournament. Well, here's our real full circle moment. He led his Mammoth team all the way to the conference tournament championship game and suffered a heartbreaking defeat to none other than who? Shaheen Holloway and the St. Peter's Peacocks. Do you remember in the beginning of the conversation, Shavar said that his prep school coach had a connection at Seton Hall. There was a coach there and that's how he was able to get his opportunity at Seton Hall. Do you remember who it was with? It was Shaheen Holloway. Remember, he said his name. So at the time of Shavar deciding to walk on at Seton Hall, Shaheen Holloway was the associate head coach there under head coach Kevin Willard. Now listen, I know that it's pretty sad. It's more sad than happy because Shavar and his team lost. 
But I didn't say in the intro that this full circle moment was going to be a happy one. I just said it was ironic and crazy. It, and it really is. Like, it's crazy that that loss that Mammoth suffered to St. Peter's in the MAC tournament championship game was the beginning of St. Peter's Cinderella run all the way into the Elite Eight. So, sadly, yes, Shavar's college career came to an end in that game to his former coach. But it's just ironic and and kind of cool. I don't know. It's cool to me because I have no attachment to it. But just cool in the sense that it's the same coach who kind of started Shavar's college basketball career and being that connection and that tie to his prep school coach and giving him that opportunity to come play pickup at Seton Hall and showcase his abilities. So I just thought that it was really interesting that, you know, the guy who gave him his first chance in college also had to be the guy that ended his career in a sense. It's not funny. I don't mean to laugh. I just think the parallel and the irony of it is it's just crazy. Like it's just small world. What an ironic moment. Um, you know, and then we look at what St. Peter's did and they literally went to the elite eight. Like after they beat Monmouth, their next three games, they beat number two seed, Kentucky, number seven seed, Murray state, who was on a 21 game win streak. And then number three seed Purdue. Like what? I mean, yeah, I, I know. I don't even know if you're on Monmouth. Like, are you are you still sad about your loss? Like, do you think that if you're Monmouth, like you go and you win those three games? Like, I don't know. Probably not. Like St. Peter's was meant to do that. So if you're Monmouth, are you really upset that you lost to St. Peter's? I know that. And I'm not even talking about Shavar anymore. Like, obviously, he's upset that his career ended. And I know that those guys, I know a couple of those guys, I know they all wanted to get to the tournament. Who doesn't? But I'm just saying, like, after seeing them get all the way to the Elite Eight, like, how upset can you really be when you just watch them beat, you know, an SEC school and a Big Ten program? Like, it's just, I don't know. Just thought it was crazy. Uh, and now, obviously, Shaheen Holloway, after that Cinderella run and leading those guys at St. Peter's, ironically, is now the head coach at Seton Hall, his alma mater, where he played at. And the last thing I want to point out that I absolutely love uh, because I'm a Jersey guy is is that this year when St. Peter's made it into the Sweet 16 um, it was the first Jersey school to make it to the Sweet 16 since the 2000 Seton Hall team made it to the Sweet 16 that Shaheen Holloway played for so I just I love that little fun fact uh, Shaheen Holloway is forever goaded uh, he's a New Jersey goat but yeah uh, that is our full circle moment, and that is a wrap for episode three. Thank you to everyone who listened and enjoyed. Uh, please make sure you leave the podcast a review. It does help our little algorithm game. If you give a review, you leave some stars, you write something, you don't have to, but I would really appreciate it. And lastly, and most importantly, make sure you are subscribed to Walkie Talkies podcast on the iHeartRadio app or whichever app you listen to your podcast on so you can be notified when episode four comes out next week. Thank you all. I hope you all enjoyed. And just remember, couple some cute. Walkie Talkies is a production of iHeartRadio and the College Athletes Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Bring it Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.